Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod, brought to you as usual by our good friends at Guinness. We've got our final live shows of the season this week at Flatiron Square and O'Neill's. So massive thanks to Guinness for their support for those throughout the season. I'm Andy Rowe, Goody and Jim are with me as usual. How's how your week's been? Mate, I'm great. We're actually just sat here and we've been testing our resting heart rates. Andy Rowe, what was yours? 44. No, it wasn't. That was mine. I'm looking at Goody's now. What's <laughs> yours? On. Well, I've just walked up four, 14 flights of stairs. <laughs> I'm sweating. What's your resting heart rate now? Uh, it's not resting. It was 114. <laughs> 107. It's 114. Well, it's measuring now. It's measuring now. I'll, I'll announce it live. Measuring. I'm dead. <laughs> what is it? 135. 97. 97. My oh, it's 114. It's, it says 97. 114. You've been training though, haven't you, Goody? Well, mate, you just got to get the graft in when you can. So I know this week's heavy. We're gonna have a lot of fun, aren't we, over the next two days? We are. But let's just go back to your training because you've turned into one of these social bloggers i mean we know that you're a troll on social media <laughs> as well with everything that's going on but mate a selfie in the gym whilst you're doing your bike session 10 seconds on four minutes off i mean you banged on about it on here for three years now goody you're fat you're shit you're dead no, no i didn't say you were shit goody you're fat you're gonna die blah, blah, blah. and i'm just well we're all gonna die i'm just worried that i don't want you to die in the next year now i'm taking care of myself you're now bullying me about training. I just can't win. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, talking of training. And you did say, hold on though. You did say to me, can you stop training as much? Because you said, if I, like basically we're coming towards the end of the season now. When we start again in August time, probably pre-World Cups, we'll have a bit of a break over the summer, won't we? If I come back in 10 kilo lighter, You'll have fuck all to take the piss out of me off. I'm telling you now, mate. Imagine the saggy skin. <laughs> mate, imagine the skin you, if you, you come you in keep, 10k lighter. <laughs> you keep saying to me, stop training so much, losing weight. It, it won't be as much fun. I won't be able to take the piss out mate, of me. Mate, I so. want you to train more. Uh, talking of training, uh, this weekend, me and you, Andy, wrote, yeah. we're, what, what, what's it actually called? The Blenheim the, Palace. Blenheim Palace Triathlon. Went in the swimming pool a couple of days ago. Not great. I've, I've, I've just underestimated how easy I thought swimming was. I haven't swam in probably two years. I've to, have I not told you this? You have well, I swim regularly. One thing I can Hang do on, is say swim. again, say again. You are. Have I not told you this? No, not that bit. What did you say after? The one thing I can do around a gym is swim. You said you swam regularly. Not on holiday, I'll swim regularly. <laughs> <laughs> but Floating around with, with a Guinness in your hand. <laughs> that, ain't, that ain't swimming. No, no, no. But my, actually, my, I'm going back three years. But I'm loving I, this, taking training advice from Goody. <laughs> Go on. My, uh, when I was at Wasps, um, they, the reason I could play so much at that old age in the state I was in was because they never made me do any running. I was always swimming. So I'm, I'm actually, genuinely, my fitness sessions are in the pool, and they're brutal. And now you're going to find out, James, aren't you? I've been warning you about this. 750 swim, 20k bike, I'll be able to do it with my eyes closed. 750 metre swim? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm worried now. I'm worried. I've got, I've literally, it's not even that, I've not even got the gear. I've, I've gone... What was that thing you put on Instagram? Yeah, it's, so the, I, I put it on in the dressing room, I look like Borat. I look like, I look <laughs> like Borat... With a camel toe. It was absolutely <laughs> hanging. I'm not doing that. Like, seriously, imagine me in, this, in, the, in the water, it's like zero degrees. I'm running, I'm running out of the water wearing that. They're going to be screaming at me, Jane. They're going to be calling me Jane. Jane, <laughs> Jane why, is your, why have you got such a big bush? Why is it hanging out? So, I know I'm not wearing that. So, I'm wearing cycling shorts or yeah. the ones with a padding. And I'm wearing a long T-shirt so you don't see the camel toe. <laughs> Mate, people but are going to be mobbing me when I'm there. you going to put a pair of socks down the, the front as well? 100% yes. <laughs> well, if you don't hear from me next season, you'll know what's happened. Next week, hopefully. Well, next week you should hear from us, yeah. So if you don't hear from me next week, you'll know what happened. He's, he's at the bottom of the Blenheim Palace pond. I'm insured anyway. 
You were uh, at the in Glasgow for the Guinness Pro 14 final over the weekend, weren't you? Guilty as charged. Yes, how, I was. How did you find it? Atmosphere was class. Absolutely loved it. Mate, there was 47... 50,000, yeah. 47,000. Class stadium, isn't it? Mate, it was awesome. The atmosphere was unreal. So in terms of a spectacle in Glasgow and in Scotland especially, rugby is on the rise and the support because Celtic were playing that day. Celtic were playing Hearts in the, in, cup, in, final. In the cup final there. So you're thinking, oh, they're all going to go there. Nah, massive turnout. Game was good as well. Obviously a few t- talking points out of there. But I mean, considering the weather conditions, I should say, I'd say it was good. It was good in terms of, because it was absolutely hosing it down before. Proper Scottish weather. But I think the better team won, regardless of some talking points, which I'm sure we will dissect now with a wet, sweaty cloth. Oh, it's not open. Is it open? Uh, No, because I opened it, yeah. Hey, here's the thing for you. Talking about open cloths, courtesy wipe. You're the only person that's ever said to me, I need a courtesy wipe. I need to go to find a public toilet and do a courtesy wipe. Do you have a courtesy wipe? Yeah, absolutely. What? You're a weirdo. Why would you do that? <laughs> <laughs> Me and Goody were having this conversation. We were walking around London. It was slightly warm. I says, mate, I need to pop into the toilet to have a courtesy wipe. He thought it was strange. <laughs> I think it's very strange. Why? Surely it's, it's a thing. <laughs> I don't know how we've gotten to courtesy oh, wipes, but yeah. Stuart Hogg incident, uh, just to get back to rugby, what do, you, what do you guys make of that? One million, trillion, billion, gazillion percent red card. Pitch side, initial thing when it happened was guaranteed red. And then you're looking back again, obviously when they go to the TMO on the big screen, and at any point did I change my mind? No. It's, again, always talk about it. It's easy to kind of, judge and to pass judgment and the last thing I want to do is be calling for red cards I hate seeing red cards I never want to see them they frustrate me only if they are legitimately warranted now out of any red card that I've seen probably in the last two years that was up there with any that I've seen if not slightly worse now Rob Khan is not a dirty player it was an unfortunate incident but he's absolutely fucked Hoggy he's hit him in the air he's landed on his back and He's hit his head, he's gone off, concussion, and didn't come back on. So Nigel Owens is the best referee out there. He's great under pressure. Actually spoke to one of the touch judges at the gym, and he he didn't say definitely it was a red card, but I think he was kind of airing towards that it potentially should have been a red card. And did it have an effect on the game? I mean, who knows? You, you have no idea. Glasgow scored when Carney was off. In the corner, Stewart scored a try. You know, the last five minutes without Carney... You know, one less in the front line potentially. Could they have done something in that last five minutes? We'll never know. But it's these big decisions in games. And you don't want to talk about it. The last thing, well, maybe you do because it gives us something to talk about. In a 100 months of Sundays, that is a red card. Completely agree. Um, I tweet, tweeted it. Of course you um, did. Yeah, because it, I didn't see the game, obviously. But then you see that clip. It's a red card all day long. You know, and I looked at uh, World Rugby's laws, and it says here in the challenges, it says, red card, sanction, it's not a fair challenge with no contest, whilst being a reckless or deliberate foul play action, and the player lands in a dangerous position. Well, one, he's landed in a dangerous position. I'm saying he's at his head simultaneously with his shoulder and his neck. Um, so the first bit, it's not a fair challenge with no contest. Well, it wasn't. there wasn't a contest there at all, so I don't think it was a fair challenge whilst being reckless or deliberate foul play. It's not deliberate foul play. I don't believe Rod Carney's thought Stuart Ogg's having it here. It's reckless because he's not got up for it anywhere near it being a fair com- competition in the air. He's never getting the ball. No. That's the thing. Um, and he's 
players land in a dangerous position. Proofs in the pudding. Hoggy, someone said he was sick or something on the side of the pitch. Yeah. And, okay, so he's got yellow carded and people say, you know, does it have an effect on the game? Of course it does. Last five minutes of a cup final when Glasgow, I believe, had momentum and, you know, Carney comes back on. Like Jim said, they could have sent it to extra time with a penalty. You know, you, when you haven't got a fullback and you change, you, you saw the try that they scored. They just did that with through simple hands, and that's because Carney weren't there. Yeah. Exactly, because it, that that's where they found the overlap. Because Carney would hit the def- the, the lad who scores. He closed the door. He would. Um, so yeah, no, it's a red card all day long. Um, yeah, people are saying a few jokes going around on Twitter saying Nigel Owens didn't give him a red because he's got his afternoon speaking circuit in Dublin sorted for the next <laughs> few years. Right, so, like, there's jovial stuff about that, but. You know, you go back, you compare it to some of the things that we've seen red cards for, that's a lot worse. It's a red card every day of the week for me. Fraser Brown's injury, what, how big of an um, impact did that have and, and how bad did it look pitch side? Well, there was a couple of Fraser Brown incidents, uh, basically off a line-out. There was controversy of whether he should have been yellow-carded. He blitzed uh, McGrath, McGrath yeah. in, in the back. He, which got I, yellow, he got yellowed for no, he didn't. He didn't. No, that's a yellow no, That's a yellow card. That's a yellow all day long as well. So that's a yellow card. So that was a talking point. But then, unfortunately for him, he was over ball. Uh, one of them rotation instances. And we saw, obviously, Dan Levy get a horrific injury yeah. um, earlier in the season for Leinster, which, you know, apparently the... the the magnitude of that injury is horrifying in terms of what he's done. Ruptured everything in the in the leg. So Fraser Brown's wasn't as bad as his, but he let out a big old scream, and he's he's a hard lad as well. So ACL, or yeah, I don't know ACL. I mean, or... yeah, you're hoping an ankle. I mean, you just don't know. I mean, nothing's come out, but he got stretched off. I, I don't know whether he was on oxygen, but he was in a hell of a lot of pain. So in a position where if Fraser Brown and McInerney were both fit, they're very strong in the hooker position. If one of them goes down, which they have, they're thin on the ground. So obviously Gregor Townsend will be hoping that he's going to be fit for the World Cup, but from first sight, it didn't look great. So it didn't look like he will be, but I don't know, nothing's come out. As far as Leinster, they've had a lot of big games in the last couple of years. How much did that tell? Well, I said the condition suited Leinster more. Glasgow are playing a massive attacking rugby. I'm being a right Norse here. Uh, they'll I be thought you were a good bloke, Jimmy. Yeah, no, no, I'm a rugged Norse. Mate, rugby this, pig. We've got millions of fans in Scotland, mate. I'm getting heckled on uh, by the, the masses walking into the stadium. But look, the, the condition suited Leinster. It was raining heavily. The ball was slippy. Glasgow have got the best attack in the league. They play wide-to-wide play. Leinster, as we know, are stereotypically very good in defence, which they were, but they just had a little bit more uh, about them in terms of the scrum a little bit. Um, They had big game players, obviously Sexton played, who went down about 10 times again in the game. Down like getting physio treatment. Is it getting old for you or what? I just don't know. Were they late hits? Not really, no. Just hits? Just like he's fucked. Again, I don't want to say it. Yeah, I think he is. I, I think he's struggling with his body. You know, he's going down. Um, Just get down the gym with me, boys. Exactly, but Furlong, the front row, Cronin uh, and Healy were fantastic. Mate, it j- just had a little bit more. I think the result was fair. Well, should we get on to the, the premiership now? And um, It was a comfortable pair of victories for both the favourites, really, wasn't it? it certainly was. Um, yeah, it's one of the... I mean, obviously, Exeter and, and Saracens have been the best two teams for a long, long time, but you get to a knockout semi-final and you hope that the games are competitive. You hope that Gloucester can go and produce something. There's a lot of excitement building around them uh, in terms of Cipriani had won player of the season. They'd beaten Saracens in the season uh, during the Six Nations where, albeit it was a Saracens second team, Gloucester fans were singing, can we play every week? Well, 
Saris fans were singing back to Gloucester fans this weekend. Can we play you every week, actually? Um, and Gloucester, you know, credit, their season's been unbelievable. But both semi-finals, Northampton and Exeter's one as well, um, were so one-sided, it was unbelievable. You could see, although you look at the Northampton game and they had two opportunities that they'll be ruining. The one at half-time. Just before half-time, Reinach drops... Uh, Hutchinson, uh, Hutchinson, yeah. It's a poor pass. It wasn't Reinach's fault, I think. Kind of was in a way, but the pass is behind him. So, you know, had that simple 2v1, just give it out in front or flat, you're fine. It was just behind Reinach, going at top speed. Jim, you wouldn't know much about that. But, I wouldn't. Um, it's a tough one to catch. If they score that, then there's another opportunity just after half-time. They're playing in around the 22. Uh, Bigger goes out the back to Van Veek, I think it was the prop. If it goes to anyone else, if it goes to a back... He either puts a grubber through or floats one. And the prop, you could see him, he wanted to throw it. And they probably scored in the corner. So that's a 14-point swing, potentially. But it's like anything. You go back to the Champions Cup final when Leinster played Saracens. Leinster had two guilt-edged opportunities to score tries. Top teams shut them out, shut them down. And you don't get any others, and Saracens go on to win it. Same in that semi-final. Northampton have a couple of opportunities. They, you know, Exeter went out and, and got into a bit of a lead. Northampton scored some pretty decent tries, actually pull themselves back in. Then they've got two other opportunities. To go and win an away semi-final, you've got to take every opportunity or 90% of them. Uh, and when you leave two tries out there that they should have scored, you're never going to win the game. And then Exeter, second half just blew them away. Um, they're, qu- they're a quality outfit, Exeter. They've got their mojo back after a, a bit of a slipper over the back end of the season when they knew they had their home semi-final. And obviously off the back of that, we go to number one team against number two team in the final. And um, it should be in a, one hell of a game. Well, we've got a man on the line who played a key role in Exeter's semi-final victory. Scrum half Nick White joins us. How are you, mate? I'm good, thanks. How are you guys? Very good, mate. Friend of the show, which is good to have you yep. back. Um, mate, we'll get into it because you've got a big game this weekend, as we know. But firstly, we were talking about it um, in the lead-up to the kind of semi-final, playing Northampton back-to-back. How was that in terms of training, preparing for that? Yeah, it's always tricky playing those kind of back-to-back games. Um, mentally, you know, especially after the first one, we'd, we'd done well in, you know, there's that, kind of um, human nature element of kind of expecting that just go out and do the same job and, and that'll get the same result which is um, a big trap to fall into so we knew that um, all week that they were going to come back a, a different side and um, you know that, that it was going to be extremely difficult and we had to, to be better in order to, to get the result that we wanted and um, you know I thought we, we did that pretty well uh, you know whilst we didn't execute everything well. I thought our attitude was, was well on the money for where it needed to be and, and that eventually kind of come through and, and was enough to get us through. Yeah, good performance. And obviously, um, off the back of winning the semi-final, we, we move into the final week. Um, how's preparation been going so far in terms of preparing for the final against Saracens? Yeah, really good. I think um, kind of weird, but um, it was almost like we were a little bit more nervous about last week. I think, um, you know, the, the whole back-to-back against Northampton and then, um, you know, after such a good season to to have lost at home uh, and not even make it to the final would have been a real travesty. So it was actually quite a quite a nervous couple of training sessions, but the intensity was there last week, and it just seems this week now that we've we've got there, it's, um, you know, there's a little bit of a burden off our uh, off our shoulders, and um, you know, this is kind of after the pain of last year. Um, we, we've got now that opportunity to, to go and um, kind of right some wrongs, and um, you know it's been the energy's been really good this week, and uh, we've been very clear in, in sort of how we want to go about our, our game plan and um, you know be ourselves, and yeah, it's just been I guess a lot less nervy than last week, and um, the excitement's quite upbeat, and you know it's just about going and um, you know not falling into the trap of what we did last year, and that's probably you know 
building Saracens up to be this this big beast and um, not actually performing ourselves and, and worrying about them too much, but more just worry about ourselves and, and show what we can do and, and focus on the things that we can do well and make sure we do them well. And then talking about the final, obviously, this is your fourth final on the spin now and you, you played Saracens in the game last year. You played them a couple of years ago as well and uh, before your time at the club. Um, and, and that didn't go as well as planned either. Watching you guys play, in the first half, you just kept kicking from the corner. You didn't take the points. Are you going to change anything this week in terms of the extra way, or is it going to be more of the same? Have you got any tricks up your sleeve to beat a Saracens team that everyone that's watching them is going to say they're pretty hard to beat at the minute? They are pretty hard to beat. Um, I don't think... Um, you, I wouldn't expect too, too different to, to how we usually go. Um, in terms of taking threes, we'll probably be a little bit more pragmatic. Um, but, you know, the, the extra way is we go to the corner, you know, we... We won't do anything differently, and I think that's that's the key, and that's the, the key learn we we took out of last year is that we you know we we're a pretty good side in, in um, you know when we do what we do, and we've done that you know as you said for for four years now and made it to finals, and um, you know I think we've just got to back back what we do each and every week, and, and that 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 is good enough, um, you know, and and if we you know to be honest, if we we go up there and we we do what we do and we do it really well and we don't come over the win. I still think at least then we can walk away and be like, you know what, geez, we gave it a fair crack. We threw the pitch and sink out and they're a good side. But I just don't think we, we, we didn't feel like that last year. We really felt like we let ourselves down and that we hadn't given the best of ourselves. And um, you know, I think that's what this week is about. So don't expect too much different. Just um, you know, hopefully take our opportunities when they come, be a little bit clearer. Definitely. Um, look, everyone agrees. Well, not agrees. It's there. The top two teams, yourself obviously finishing first and Saracens are in the final. And everyone talks about this Saracens culture and, and what they've built. And I was a part of that uh, for three years. Just tell us a little bit what, what it's like at Exeter. Um, I know that there's a little bit of an old school theme, but what's it like day to day being in a club like that down in the southwest? Yeah, it's just it's good fun. Um, I think that's at the, the heart of everything down here is that... Um, you know, we enjoy what we do. Uh, come in and um, everyone enjoys going to work. You know, the, yeah, it's, uh, that's it, that's it in a nutshell, really. Is it serious? Uh, what, what, what's what's Baxter like? Does he give the guys a bit of free reign? Is he quite strict? Because, you know, I, I, I mean, again, I only have worked on the TV and interviewed him a few times, but he, he seems like a, quite a warm character. What's he like day in, day out? Yeah, very relaxed. Um, I kind of, my, my first year, I was so surprised. So I've been here two years and I got, Got here after they'd won it um, against Wasps, and I kind of was um, coming in and thought, oh, I wonder how they'll attack this situation. I remember the first meeting, kind of um, after they got back from the holidays, and and Rob and, and Tony were right at the front there, and they just spoke about um, just enjoying being champions that year. And they're like, oh, let's not get too fast on you having to go back to back or make top six or whatever. Put any, you know, it'd be a real shame if we went out there and put pressure on ourselves as, as a side that's just wanted to to not enjoy being champion. And that's kind of how he is. He's always wanting to take pressure off guys. Like don't don't get too caught up in having the, the external or looking at the goal at the end of the day or, you know, just enjoy every day for what it is. Enjoy working hard. We do do that a lot. Like we, we, and we talk about that, working hard. But whatever we're doing and, and whatever game it is and whatever week it is, make sure we're enjoying it. So a little bit of this week as well and enjoy the preparation. The, you know, we work hard and we switch on when we do, but, there's plenty of moments when it's not helter-skelter and um, preparing and make sure we, we, we look back on this week and we see it as a week that we prepared really well, but also a week that we enjoyed everyone's company and, and made the most of. Good stuff. Now let's talk personally about you. Um, obviously, there's been a lot of stuff in the press with the World Cup around the corner. Exeter have allowed you uh, somehow, and I don't know the details of it, perhaps you can fill us in on 
how it's going to work. You're at Exeter next year, I believe, but then you've signed a, a rugby to go back to Super Rugby the year after that, maybe, that allows you to play in the 2019 World Cup. One, how exciting is it? And two, how the hell do you work all that out? <laughs> yeah, clear as mud. Um, I don't actually know all the <laughs> probably all the details. Yeah, it's really good. When, when I first came here, I was, um, you know, Robert said that, um, you know, when I got here, that his goal was to, to make me a better player. And I think being part of this squad and, and under the coaches here, I've I've gotten better, and it's good that um, you know my my form's been um, recognised back home, and you know that call come about that if I was keen to come home, that I'd have to sign with Australian Rugby for after next season, and um, you know I I initially had a, a two-year deal here with Rob, and um, and when I spoke to Rob, and um, he was he was more than happy to to let me out of that second year, and then to, to go home after next season. I haven't worked out the details of what club I'll go to back home or anything, but what it does is because it's the 2019 World Cup is in the season of my last year here, I'm then eligible to, to play for the Wallabies. So, yeah, clear as mud, but also no is, yeah, it's exciting. But, um, you know, there's a chance there, but that's all it is. I'll have to go about my business this week. I'll go on holiday for a couple of weeks and then hopefully get a call that I'm joining a squad, but see what happens. That's what I was going to ask. There's no guarantees that he's announcing the squad in a few weeks and... Yeah, you play the final, go on holiday with the family, whatever, and then head back to Australia in the hope that um, you're getting brutalised over the summer to go to the World Cup. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no guarantees. Um, obviously, got the rugby championship first, and um, you know, they announce the squad for that. Um, you know, fingers crossed a minute, but if not, I'll uh, I'll be here. You know, going on a, a very excitable, exciting uh, pre-season camp. We always go. Where's that to? Um, I'm actually not sure yet. <laughs> we'll talk about that after. If you win it, it's Vegas, I reckon. <laughs> mate, imagine. <laughs> yeah. uh, mate, uh, just, you mentioned the World Cup there. There's a little bit of stuff come out uh, about uh, Will Skelton. His form has been unbelievable. You know, for me, he's one of the informed second rows in the world at the minute. Um, can you see him going to the World Cup? He'll be a huge addition, opening intended yeah. for the Australian um, squad. Yeah, I kind of spoke to, to Willie a number of months ago. Um, Kind of uh, when this was all happening, and, and at the time, you know, he's a bit similar to me. He just on obviously two years with Saracens, and um, he kind of said he was here at Saracens. So I don't know what's you know what's changed. Obviously, he's, he's playing amazing rugby and uh, in the form of his life, and you know, I bet the Wallabies would absolutely love to have him. So um, you know, hopefully they've thrown the kitchen sink at him, and uh, he's there in Japan at the end of the year because you know, he's, he's the type of guy that can change games. Hopefully he doesn't change the one this weekend too much. He's like, as you know, he's an absolute threat. Um, you know, he's a guy that big with, um, you know, that usually when you get guys that big, they, they kind of don't really throw it around as much. But, but really, like, I love that he, he does throw his mind around. And, um, yeah, hopefully it's not at me this weekend. And also, Nick, as you're a friend of the show, another friend of the show, Joe Marler, gave you a bit of stick in the game. <laughs> I, was, I thought for sure he'd got me on the show. I was like, oh, no, here we go. <laughs> well, now <laughs> is your platform. Now is your platform to give him what's for with, with how he made you feel. What were your thoughts on that <laughs> when it was happening? You're fucking boring, mate. <laughs> You're fucking mate. boring, mate. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, actually, uh, at the time, I thought, yeah, that's pretty funny. I had a bit of a giggle, but then, when I saw it kind of bounced in the touch and uh, we, we marched up the field about 40 yards, I actually chased along long there and gave him a bit of an earful. And, uh, you know, I kind of felt like I had the last word, but the referee must have been too far away to catch that one. <laughs> oh, well, mate, don't worry. You're in the final, mate, and they didn't even make top four. <laughs> <laughs> Can you remember what you said to Marlow when you were giving him an earful? No, no, no. I'm a really good guy. You know, I just went up there and said, um, 
know, it was a decent kick, wasn't it? No, no profanities, nothing like that. You know oh, what I mean? Oh, mate, you, you said his hair's shit. And he's yeah. horrible bloke. He's got Japanese <laughs> tattoos. He's not even Japanese. Yeah. <laughs> I was a little bit gutted because I, I, I love his work and I love his chat. And I felt like I was at the end of one. And then after the game, when I checked Twitter and whatnot, and I was absolutely copying. And I thought, fucking hell, I've actually copped it here for about, uh, you know, Absolutely love on the show. It's, it's, it's hilarious, and I'm at the end of it now. So give me a few months, and I'll, I'll wait till we play um, Harlequins next year, and hopefully get up right next to that referee's mic and give him an earful of a scrum or something. Yeah, You're stuff. fucking boring me. You, you shit yeah. scrummaging. <laughs> next time the scrum goes down, <laughs> you're boring me, mate. All right, Nick. Hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. Best of luck for this weekend's final, and um, it's hopefully we can uh, see you in Japan uh, later this year as well. Too easy, thanks, guys. Cheers, Love mate. Go well. Cheers. Yeah, good luck, mate. Cheers for coming on. Too easy. Bye. Good lad. Good lad. Is it too? E- is he saying too easy? They're going to win the final. Too easy. No, too easy. Yeah. That if Australia play England in the semis, they're having it because Big Willie Little is going to be playing. I reckon, we'll play the the, I reckon we'll play him in the quarters. Have you even thought and worked out the permutations? You Arrogant to, English, eh? It's not hard. We either play if we qualify for my group, which is an if. If we, if we qualify for my group, we didn't do in the twenty fifteen. We either play Wales or Australia. So if we win the group, we play second place in their pool, which is Wales or Australia. If we come runners-up in our group, we play the winners of their group, which will be Wales or Australia. Maybe I'm wrong. Mate, good lad. Mate, fair play coming yeah. on the week of the final. Yeah, good man. Good man. It amazes me, actually, that how good Exeter have been for him and to him. So a lot of clubs, you, you talk about having a player and you know seeing how well and important Nick White's been to them over the last sort of 18 months, however long he's been there for now. To get him there and to see the improvement and the growth. that he's, Some players take a bit of time to settle in at Exeter. Mm. Um, you know, look at Matt Kvesic now. He hardly played last year. And now he's... Well, they're stuck with him, haven't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Nick White went straight in and he's dominated. And when you've got someone that good that's that influential and that important to your team, to say to him, listen, you know, you can play next year, but we'll let you sign somewhere else so you can go to a World Cup. The value that they're going to get from him next year is nowhere near as much if he goes to a World Cup as it is if he doesn't. So, it's, you know, you just got to credit. And it, something else that Mark McCall said, uh, I read some stuff in the paper today that Mark McCall's come out and said he wants his players to go to a World Cup, which obviously is to the detriment of Saracens because there's games going on during the World Cup. But he wants Will Skelton to go to a World Cup. And it's, you know, it's no surprise that these two teams are in the final. They look after their players the best. Their culture is player-driven. No one wants to leave. Exactly. Um, unless, you know, obviously Nick White's going to leave because well, he's going back to Australia. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's not hard to work out why they're two of the most successful teams in the league and are in the final because you look after people, treat them well, you get more from them on the field on the weekends. But they're going to struggle, unfortunately. Do you reckon? I don't want, yes, I do reckon they yeah. will struggle. Um, depending well, on the weather. Well, it's, 20, uh, it's 27 degrees on Saturday, sun's out, gun's out. Oh, here he is, the weatherman. Yeah. Well, I'm there at Twickenham, aren't I? Oh, yeah? In the car Imagine park. the sweat. <laughs> mate, mate, you <laughs> talk going, a courtesy one, mate. You'll need to go for one there. you in a suit. <laughs> I'm going dark shirt, let me, let me tell you. Mate, I just, I can't see Saracen's not winning. Well, we'll have a look at the final shortly, but let's just take a step back and have a look at how each team performed in the in the semi-finals. We'll start with Gloss's performance against Saracen's. Well, Gloss are a little bit disappointing, or Saracen's just that good? I think I was a little bit disappointed with Gloucester, to be fair. As we know, Saracens are a fantastic team, and we both thought, well, I think a lot of people thought they'd beat Gloucester, but Saracens put a very different game plan onto Gloucester, which they couldn't deal with. They kicked, I'm a right nose, listen to me. They, they, they kicked Corbs. 25, 26, a, few, a lot in the first half, and Gloucester couldn't deal with it. I think and, it was actually 27 kicks in the first half. I mean, that, the true stats, mm-hmm. there's made-up stats. Oh, there you go. So it was 20-odd. That's all I know. <laughs> Obviously, Gloucester scored. Morgan scored in the corner. You're thinking, oh, here we go. 
it's a proper game, but they just couldn't deal with that. And and we 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 spoke about last week how how are they going to play against Saracens? What game plan? Because if they run the ball, then Saracens' uh, defence is very good. But when Gloucester did keep hold of the ball and they ran it, they looked really dangerous. Yeah. They scored a couple of tries in the second half. I think losing Brad Bar- Barrett early on was big for Saracens, even though Nick Tompkins came on and scored a hand tr- hat trick. But comfortable win. I yeah. mean, not just on the scoreline. It was it was a comfortable win. Yeah, I think the thing the thing for me about Gloucester and probably the, the, the thing that affected them the most, they scored really early um, and it was a quality try. But when you score an early try like that, you think, oh, we'll just do that every time and maybe we'll score. They made a load of errors and they thought, Perhaps because they didn't have to work too hard to get that try. And when a try comes that early on in the game and that easy to you, you just think, well, we'll just keep doing that and we will be able to score tries. It doesn't matter if we have 10 goals at that, we'll score five. But playing against Saracens is a completely different kettle of fish. So Saracens force errors upon teams, don't they? With their physicality, with their defence, with their kick chase, with their accuracy of kicking. Cipriani put a kick out on the full. You know, there were drop balls going down. There wasn't the accuracy that we've seen from Gloucester at times this year. And for the try, the Ben Morgan try, that was... Brilliant accuracy to, to be able to pick defenders off, run out the back, then finish it off in the corner. Great. But you've got to understand, playing against Saracens, they're the best team in Europe for a reason. So if you're trying to run it from everywhere in your own half and think you're going to score every time, you're deluded. You've got to be able to play a kicking game. You've got to be able to put pressure on Saracens. You've got to have a little bit in your game. It'll be interesting against Exeter this weekend because of how they play. You have to try and play the Saracens way in a way as well in their kicking battle because you have to win territory against Saracens, if you're just attacking the whole time from your own 10-metre line, from that in that mid-zone of the of the field, you're going to make errors against them because their defence is that good. And that's when they crucify you on turnovers. And they do it week in, week out. So you need to play a little bit of territory rugby in their half and have kicking accuracy. No one's put Alex Good under any pressure at all, apart from when he does get put under pressure, he steps out of about 14 tackles. How good was that in his own? But this is the, you, you compare what Saracens do to teams... You don't see teams doing that to Saracens. You don't see box kicks right on the money, contestable, Liam Williams under pressure, uh, Sean Maitland under pressure, Alex Gooden. You don't see it, but you compare the back threes that play against Saracens, they get peppered left, right and centre with Ben Spencer, unbelievable player. Box kicking's quality, Farrell's kicking, brilliant. Their, their whole game is a pressure game, isn't it? And when they get a turnover, they rip you to shreds because they're attacking... Uh, chaos rugby from turnover is outstanding. And then when they attack and get in the lead, so it's impossible you to You then try back. and chase the game even more. Yeah, and then you get boomed. It just goes... Boom, yeah. boom, boom! Yeah. You mentioned last week something about Gloucester changing their kicking game to play at that stadium, didn't you? Well, that's what they did before. So normally, when Gloucester play Saracens, and more so at King's Home, I said they notoriously don't do very well. They've never won at Allianz Parks. They've never beaten Saracens at their ground. When they've won at King's Home, they've won that kicking battle. Yeah. So they, they've slightly changed. Hines has put the box kicks up. You know, it's no, normally a Friday night as well under the lights during the Six Nations. Weather's a little bit more difficult to field them kicks. But at the weekend, yes, it was a bit windy. But Farrell's just putting up Zibombs and Gloucester cannot deal with it. I mean, 27 kicks in that first half and Gloucester could not deal with that. And if they could, if, if they could have got the ball... And <laughs> sounds so basic. If they could have got the ball, get us the balls. Um, their account, their counter attacks fantastic. Um, but in terms of Gloucester, let's not belittle what they've done this season. Amazing, and the, and the quality of team they are. Yeah, they're amazing. They've just come up against the very best, you know, the best club team in the world, probably. Yeah. In terms of what they do in the way that they play, so you know, Gloucester. Big shout out to them. They've been brilliant. And obviously Cipriani coming through. Ackerman, who signed a new deal. And of course he has. The other thing with it, as you look at 
the two teams in the final, Saracens and Exeter. Exeter have been to the last four finals. Saracens have been to, well, it's at least three out of the last four, and they lost the semi-final because you were basically too hungover to play in it. Is that right, Jim? Yeah, yeah they didn't the, yeah. get to the final. Yeah, it was an overactive thyroid. But sport is cyclical. So It's what? Cyclical. Sick. It's sick and cyclical, yeah. Like a cycle, but cyclical. Do you get it? No, no, absolutely not. Well, why would you say? Why would you throw in a word like that in here? It's not a difficult <laughs> word, is it, James? Sport is cyclical. Okay, you happy with that? You're no, gonna say I'm no. Not, okay, no. so you look at this Exeter team and Saracens team, and they are at the peak of their powers right now in terms of age profile of a squad, in terms of the players that have come through the academy, um, the actual DNA of the club that's been there a long time. A lot of these players care a lot about this club. Um, they get treated well. Gloucester and Northampton, the two teams in the semi-final. They're at the very start of their journey now under new coaches with new young players coming through, especially at uh, Northampton with the likes of Hutchinson and Mitchell um, and you know a few of the youngsters there that have come through. So they're trying to, you know, Grayson as well, Slight Home, you know, names from yesteryear that are now here as, as sons and rightfully players themselves. So Gloucester at, at the start of their journey as well. So they've both had fantastic seasons, unbelievable seasons. The difference is Saracens Exeter are head and shoulders above all the other clubs in the Premiership at the minute. And the Premiership's been very exciting and we're going to, have to see an amazing final that'll be exciting as well. But the excitement hasn't been about who's going to finish in the top two. It's all been who's going to finish third to 12th. Um, and credit Northampton and, and Gloucester. They've had brilliant seasons. They'll only get better for the experience um, as Exeter have and, and will do in finals because you go back to their first final, Saracens pulled their pants down in the first final. They came back into the game and Jim had to win that penalty turnover to, to secure the game. Guilty as charged, mate. There you go. It was a th- I think it was a three-point ball game at that point, oh, wasn't it? I just remember it was close. And then Alex Good scores the, the winner, yeah. well, the, the try to take them away right at the death. But it was your turnover, wasn't it? I mean, I don't, I don't want to say, but yeah, it was. <laughs> the second year, they should have lost that final to Wasps. Um, Nathan Hughes gives the dumbest penalty away ever um, with 30 seconds left on the clock. Wasps have got the game won. Uh, they then go into, Steno kicks it, they go into extra time, win it with a penalty. Um, so they scrape through that one. Then last year, again, we heard it from Nick White, they got dominated in the final. They didn't put their own game out there. So it's a le- that's a learning process for them. So Northampton and Gloucester, great learning process. They've improved no end this year and they'll only get better for the experience. Well, Ian's tweeted in, how much do Gloucester and Northampton have to spend to catch Saris and Exeter? And is that the whole answer to making the Prem more than an annual two-horse race? It's not necessarily all about the money. Now, everyone talks about the salary cap and, and Saris who are being investigated and they're all sweet, apparently. Are they? Apparently so. Not what I hear. Okay, well, we will see. Uh, goodies the mole. But Exeter... I mean, are they are they spending over the salary cap? I don't, you know, I'm going based on the fact that they're not. Now you look at the Exeter team; it's their academy that's come through. I think Northampton are in a really good place in terms of the players that they've got. They brought in big players this year, haven't they? Navarro's come in. Ryanak's been you, sensational. You talk about big players; he's fucking massive. Exactly. You know, Gloucester. It just takes time, doesn't it? Yeah. It's not. You know, I think Gloucester now being a top four for the next few years. I yeah. think they've got a quality of squad to do that. I'm not too sure Northampton have. I'm not too sure they've got the pack to carry on doing that. But yeah, it's not as simple as well. It is as simple as a two horse race in in Saris and Exeter. But they've just got everything right. And we spoke about it on the phone with Nick White, the culture, the foundations, the academy players coming through. You know, the buzz around both clubs. And that is the thing. You look across the the Exeter team. A lot of the players have come through the academy. A lot of the players have been there a long time. So you go in the back line, Joe Simmons. You've got Sam Simmons at number eight, his brother, who's back from injury on the bench. 
academy players. Jack Noel came through the academy there. Henry Slade came through the academy there. It, it's not a pro. You, you know, Jim's been up at Leicester this year um, and done the stuff for Rugby Pass on their academy. And their academy, they what do they win? The under 18s league? Yeah, like, uh, yeah, third or fourth time on, yeah. the, on the spin or whatever it was. Leicester are a club up until the last few years, have produced players through their academy. And they've gone stale because that hasn't happened and they've made some poor signings and you know some some poor management on and off the field in terms of big decisions being made. That, for Leicester, in three, four years' time, those players, if they can hold on to them and grow them through the first team, Leicester will be a proper team again. But with that, you need the players like at Exeter. You need a Nick White. You've got Maunder on the bench, who's a quality nine, but you, he's learned off Nick White, so you've got him. You know, same with, you just think about Jamie George at Saracens. Came through the academy, who's he behind? John Schmidt, Schaltbritz, as two of the best hookers in the world. That's who he learned off, and other players would have left the club and gone to a lesser premiership club to be guaranteed first-choice rugby. But whatever Saracens do, they do what they do to keep him there. Look at Ben Spencer. Exactly. Ben Spencer's played behind Wigglesworth, De Kock. Everyone's like, oh, he should leave. You know, he should go to a different club to play yeah. week in, week out. Now he's waited his chance. And if you play in that position, if you play for Exeter, play for Saris, the likelihood is you're playing in them big games, you're going to play for England. Yeah. Brad Barrett, do you know much about his injury? Is he going to be playing in the final? Do you know? Well, I think he's touching cloth, to be fair. Touching um, cloth. Yeah, hamstring. Went off at the weekend, didn't he? I mean, you talk about hard, and he's hardest now, as we spoke about it before. Had I reckon a, he's the hardest player in the Premiership. Without doubt. Um, he played a game a week after having a plate put in his cheek, and then he's going around smashing people in his face. But I think once you get, the, you know, muscle injuries are very different. Not that I know. I didn't have many pulled muscles in my time. Uh, finely tuned. Uh, but with Brad, I think they'll give him literally till, the, till game day to see. And that's no slight on Tompkins, who's been amazing, but I think he's that big a player in terms of leadership, in terms of everything. And if he's 60%, 70%, they'll wheel him out, I think, at least for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah, and either way with Brad, he's there, the guy that glues everything together, isn't he, in terms of you've got the rock stars, you've got Farrell. Like, playing outside Farrell as a 12 must be hard because, you you know, he's rollicking players left, right, and centre. He's the basic guy that calms him down at times, is a leader on and off the field, and glues all the rock stars of Itoji and Billy Vanapola and all these boys together. If they If he doesn't start... Tompkins, I can't think back to any game Tompkins has played in this year or come off the bench in where not he's not well. absolutely ripped it up. You know, he comes off the bench at the weekend, gets a hat trick. He's class, mate. You know, he, he, so he's if, Welsh. Yeah, if Brad doesn't play, and again, he's come through the academy. If Brad doesn't play, it'll be a loss leadership wise, but in a rugby sense, you're not losing too much with Tompkins because you know he's ripe, he's at the start of his a long career, it should be. And he's unbelievable. Yeah, he's awesome in traffic. He's great. How do you see this weekend playing out? Yeah, look, everyone, apart from five people, probably want Exeter to win. Are those five people the five Saris fans? Or? Why are you saying that? <laughs> I don't know, you said five Did people. I, I meant 500. Uh, 5,000. 50,000, what am I on about? Um, I think most people want Exeter to win if you're a neutral because of the story. Um, they are an amazing club. There are a lot of people second team, if you like, and you know Sarri's a, a the, the successful club, and people want to see them lose, don't they? I think it's a, na- a natural kind of feeling. But Exeter have been brilliant, but I can't see it. Exeter going as underdogs. Everyone loves an underdog, um, and it's it's kind of weird saying Exeter are underdogs when they finish top of the league. But you talk about big game experience, finals experience. Saracens have got it in spades. Uh, Exeter have they've only won one final of the last four that they've been to. I think they've only ever won one game out of eight at Twickenham and I know it goes back a fair while but that continues to carry on and, and you know listen to Nick White they're talking about preparing the right way and playing the way they want to play if they still lose 
but have put in a good performance, they'll be okay with that. Saris have got this aura of invincibility about them in big games at the minute. When they've got their front liners playing, chink of light, scrum time, if Barrington, who's going to start and is a quality player, if he goes off or Vincent Cock goes off or we saw Jamie George holding his shoulder a bit in the semi-final, then Saris are a sort of bare bones, aren't they, in terms Definitely. of the front row yeah, replacement. Yeah, so right. that could have a massive swing on the game. If it doesn't happen, you know, if, they, if they're subbing... Baz Barrington off after 70 minutes because they're 15 points up. They're happy days. I just, you're looking at the, the three guys that are going to win this game for Exeter, four guys that are going to win this game for Exeter for me, are the back row, Kvesic, Dave Ewers, and big Don Armand. They have to go around smashing people. They have to go around. Itoji's carrying like you wouldn't believe at the minute, isn't he? Yeah, you've got to, someone's got to smoke big Willie Skelton. They've got the back row that can compete and can cause some inroads. Uh, and then the big thing for me is Joe Simmons at 10. How he controls the game against an... Owen Farrell, and we, we heard Nick White, and this is why I sort of prodded Nick White a little bit about how they're going to play, we're going to see anything different. He's flat-batted it and said, are well, you just going to see the same with Exeter? I don't believe that. I think they're going to change a little bit. They will have, obviously, going to the corner and, and, and doing their pick-and-go game, but I think they'll have learned some lessons from, from finals, and they'll get their game management slightly different this weekend, and hopefully we'll see a hell of a contest. But Saracens will win it, I think. Don't forget you can catch all the action from the Premiership and other major tournaments on RugbyPass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch the video version of this pod on there as well. Well, there's another game on this weekend as well. England versus the Barbars. My team. Which to, oh, Barbars. Barbars. Oh, yeah. You're English, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you're no, no, mate. Barbarian, mate. to play for us. Barbarian, eh? What have you guys made of the squads that have been announced for that? I'm just saying good luck to England. <laughs> that, that bar, you, you want to hope that Barbars team are getting absolutely buckled as we speak. You know, they changed the way in which they went around selection after I played for them. In the, well, that's uh, we have to catch, or? No, no, no. <laughs> Basically, you have to be a Southern Hemisphere, mate. Yeah, who could, who could catch? So we played the game down in Hong Kong against the Lions. It got 50 points put on us. I went out and got absolutely slippered for about 10 days before. Played in 100% humidity, 60 degree heat and got 50 points put on us we had a great time uh we had, we had a few islanders we had joe rocker go slow playing casey la 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 playing uh samu manoa who was absolutely trolled when he was playing um and they took the skype gamble hoping the game was going to get cancelled and after that after they embarrassed themselves i mean i was all right only missed seven tackles in about 20 minutes um <laughs> gave four penalties away well i did have sh- shoulder surgery three weeks before but i'm not complaining i'm not making excuses you just took the, just took the cash right <laughs> no no i took the opportunity to play for the barbarians in a historic game where we got absolutely trounced Anyway, and got paid. After that, after they did that, uh, they said no, never again, and they just basically pick loads of Southern Hemisphere players. We saw, didn't they? They played England a couple of years ago, and they did that line out over the back that we saw, and they absolutely hosed them. Well, I commentated on the the game last year between England and the Barbars, and it was unbelievable seeing Randrandra to his over just tearing it up. Ashy getting himself picked for England again by scoring. I think he scored a hat trick against uh, England with the Asplash was out there. It was yeah, it was uh, that England squad is young. Um, yeah, there's a lot of exciting players in it, but they've only met on Monday. New coaches Jim Mander, Dave Walder, okay. uh, Phil Dawson, and they're playing against some of the most explosive players <laughs> you, in the world. <laughs> your man. <laughs> That's all you're shouting out. Your man. Your man. Your man. So. Um, Selection-wise, it's interesting. People are talking about Cipriani and why isn't he in the England squad? Why isn't he in the Barbarian squad? Well, I read into it and I might be completely wrong. That England squad is very young and it's 
players that perhaps uh, haven't got a chance of being in the wider squad that Eddie Jones will announce at some point. And then people have said, why isn't he playing for the Barbarians? The Barbarians should pick him then. We have to be. I think you have to be released by England to play for the Barbars if you're an English qualified player, because obviously your insurance and everything with the RFU uh, and Premiership Rugby. So that makes me think that as he's not playing for the Barbars, he's not playing for England. He's in the World Cup squad or the wider World Cup training squad that he's about to announce. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. If you're enjoying the pod and are interested in helping us out and getting access to even more great rugby content, don't forget to check out our Superfan subscription service. Here's a clip of one of our latest features to give you a taste of what's on offer. This relationship we've got with Eddie Jones, um, he mentioned it before the Tour to South Africa about, you know, if Danny Cipriani is pulling his weight on tour, I'm sure he'll be a brilliant addition. And if he's not, put him on the first plane home. Um, he's then also said things like, I've told Danny what he needs to work on. Do you get a little bit frustrated with people making up what they think Eddie Jones is saying or doing? And I'm guilty of it myself in the press saying that you should be in the team and, and you know, what you've done. And what has he said to you about what you've got to work on? Are you okay talking about those things to, to get you in the squad? Or is it yeah, I've, something I, that's private between you and Eddie? Yeah, there's, there's things that are private, but it's not like there's a massive list of things. It's just more in terms of like your your, your energy and how you can and, and keep leading and te- some technical points and that's what you have to do and you have to respect that and that's exactly where I'm at and it, the, the, the only frustration comes when people start questioning this and um, things like uh, oh is he a good team man is he all, all that Th- those things come you know and all, all anyone you know you would have been involved in rugby for how long and how many people would you say are genuinely not a good team and it's not really in the DNA of, of rugby people want to win and I've been in some difficult situations where I've not been involved in squads like that 2015 World Cup, but I tried to leave the best version of myself out on the field and in and around the team and be a positive addition. And You just have to keep repeating that until at some point you get an opportunity and then you've got to try and take it with both hands. Um, but then you also got to look within and think, how can I be better? How can I go and do things better? So that's why I think everything that's set up is for me this year to make sure I can try and put everything into place and, and give myself the best opportunity and, and, and then see, see how it pans out. And you can listen to the full episode of that along with loads of other great content, all for less than the price of a pint a month. So head over to patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod to check it out. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Well, should we uh, bring in our, our guest today, Chris Ashton's uh, hanging out in the in the waiting room. Should super we? fan. The super fan's yeah, the there. Super fan's bring there. him in. Hello, there Chris. He is. Hello. Hello, mate. How are you? See, mate. Are you looking sharp? Am I? Thanks, always. No? Chris, welcome, mate. You nervous? You no, shake, no. He's, no? He's taking the top good, off here. He's, he's undoing buttons. I heard you... Overheard you speaking about the bar bars then. Oh. Why they changed the policy. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> what do you know? What I don't do think know? they changed it because of you drinking, mate. I think they changed it by picking better players. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you always bring so much energy into my life. Thank you very much. And that's why they picked you, didn't they? They just had enough, hadn't they? Mate, they had enough. It was a turning point. So basically, you're welcome is what I should say. Yeah, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah I, so- I don't know. Am I a better player, am I? Well, no, I'm just... 100% you're a better player than Jim Hamilton. We're very different players. Well, of course very you are. Different. You're a second row that couldn't catch but could fight. We've seen Ashley try and fight. He can't fight, but he can score tries. Jim is, without doubt, I might as well say it early. Yeah, go on, get it in there. <laughs> <laughs> I used to say it on a daily basis, so it's nothing new to him, but um, without doubt, top three worst players I've ever played with. <laughs> <laughs> he actually has said that on air as well. Who else are your top three? 
Um, they're still playing, so I'll not say it right now. <laughs> I, I said that Ashley was in the top three worst lads I've ever as well. You know, like you talk about culture, he was like anti-culture. There's got to be someone. You need that. No, you are like number one. There's no one else. There ain't even a top three. There's like number mm. one. Josh Strauss I'm, I'm, asked me the other day, he went, um, <laughs> Ashley, have you ever been punched by one of your old teammates? <laughs> in which I replied, um, yeah, about 10. Only 10. Only that's that's bad, yeah, did, why, bad. did he want to punch you? I don't know, maybe I was just whining someone up. You'd, you'd pissed him off, have you? Not him, but he just watched it. I was whining uh, John O'Ross up. He's a big lad, you wouldn't fuck with him, would you? No, no. <laughs> they just easily wound up, especially South Africans. One of the worst was Suwani Tongawea, where he filled me in good ones. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, real good. <laughs> was that after Manu did it as well, or was that before? No, this was early, this was. Um, in Italy, away, he just had too much. Someone hit him with a snowball on his massive head. You did? I didn't, actually. I'm not that good of a shot, but he thought it was me, and he just... Filled me right in. Nice. Let's go back and talk about the Barbars then, as yeah. we were talking about it. Um, I commentated on the game last year when you play for the Barbars. Obviously, things have transpired. You're at Toulon. You've come back to Sale. You've been picked for England. Um, I gave you big raps on on the game. Did I give you man of the match? At 15, too. You don't like me at 15, do you? Uh, it's not your best position. Okay. I'll be honest. Right. You're better winger than 15. What do you mean I don't like you? Work on. What do you mean I don't like you at 15? I'm a rugby nose, mate. I watch it all. You, you listen to my comms on Sky, yeah, don't you? On top mate, 14. Yeah. When I talked you up because you got the most tries in the top 14, mate. It's early days, though, huh? You fancy fullback, do you? Mate, you can't catch a fucking cold, are you? <laughs> <laughs> how, how are they putting you at 15? Don't need to catch it, edit it back, you know it. Well, that was it. The Edder ball it. come down. Literally, Ashley's putting his head on it. It's going into touch, mate. You catch more on the wing than you do at fullback. <laughs> anyway, going back to that game, you played mm. fullback. Yeah. You basically ran three tries in off the back of Randrandra's hard oh, yeah. work and two or so. Three? 33. I don't know. all I did all year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, how good is it to be back in the Premiership now? And obviously, what did you go into that game knowing you've had enough at Toulon and you desperately wanted to come back? We've, we had a bet anyway. Uh, I should say that before. We, we had a 10 grand bet that I said you wouldn't last a year. Or you wouldn't. Uh, well, you said that before. Before I went. went. <laughs> Every like, no, week, Jim no, 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 said you're going to absolutely hate it. And you did, right? <laughs> <laughs> oh, it couldn't have been more true. <laughs> <laughs> what, what didn't you like about it? Uh, I think we just struggled to settle a lot more than what I anticipated. I absolutely loved the rugby. It was. Really? Sun every week. They threw it around. It, it, you can see a turnover before it happens, then just a try. <laughs> pass, pass, try. Yeah. Loved it. And, training, um, what, no, what about training though? The matches are good. Training, well, because I'd come from Saracens to that, I wasn't too fussed about it at the start because it was maybe what I was after a bit, a bit of a change because Saracens is so intense. Yeah. Every session is like, basically like international training. So to go there was like, whoa, this is different. Like relaxed, I didn't mind it, it. It's easy, isn't it? Because you had the players there that, you know, could just do it on a weekend. I wasn't too fussed about it, but it was the more outside of rugby and, and just uh, just me and the family. It was just like a lot of the time. As we were the only English. It was just difficult. Um, I think my wife didn't mind it as much as me, but I didn't like the isolation. As Jim would tell you, I need to be giving people abusing, stick every day. Abusing or, people. I literally can't live with it. <laughs> can't go home and give a missus stick every day. She was <laughs> You're just going and burying her every day. Just. Yeah, so I just... I just struggled with when I'd left training, like that was it. I had nothing. And Toulon's quite a quiet place, especially from like October to April time. It was quiet and it shuts down quite a bit. So I, yeah, I just I just struggled a bit with it. So it's not the dream that everyone makes out. You know, Toulon, everyone looks at it. You watch the games. People talk about the beaches. You see mm. Gitto when he was there, always tweeting pictures from his pool and yeah, yeah. Instagram. And well, that's where you, I was. That house. Yeah, but you obviously <laughs> didn't go in the pool because the, the sun was too strong. Yeah, yeah just that was another thing. I was yeah. spending all my money on sun cream. <laughs> <laughs> Like factor 60 is more expensive, <laughs> isn't it, than factor 10? Yeah, it's. I mean, pictures can 
tell those in words correctly, but it's not always what it's made up to be for me. Uh, like I said, I look, the, some of the players that I got to play with was a uh, once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and uh, I'm very grateful for that. I'm grateful for the experience, but, yeah, a year was enough. And I, I did always want to play for England again, and I think you mentioned too before, but if you play for Saracens and you win trophies, then you get a pick for England. Well, for me, that wasn't the case. It was quite the opposite. It was almost like there was too many Saracens lads in this team. So I had to leave and go to France and try and get an opportunity uh, a different way. And by going round uh, and having su- success at Toulon and enjoying the rugby again and just the opportunity because we got knocked out in the quarterfinals just gave me a chance to go and play the bar- Barbers with the lads that I've been playing with all year. So it was just a no-brainer and what an opportunity to go and play against England. In that situation, it come to work out better. And then after the game, there's the, the shots of you and Eddie talking on the pitch what's he saying yeah pick me pick might me. might come back might but after the game it was before the game oh, was it before the game, the game? Yeah, was before what was he game. saying i did see him and i made a point of like going over <laughs> just slowly pretending i was warming up i said man i'm gonna score that trick today and you're gonna pick me nah, that is the sort of thing to... you'd say though isn't it like knowing <laughs> you like, hey eddie i'm gonna score that trick today and then you'll be picking me next year because i'm coming back to sale <laughs> for half a mil <laughs> i've never really actually he's not denied the half a mil <laughs> Before that, I hadn't really spent much time with him. I went down to, to Penny Hill once to, because I was like, sh- surely if like, we meet each other, it might be different. Because I thought he had just heard or whatever, or had an opinion of me before we'd even really met. So I went, I went down there once to meet him. What when the England boys were there? No, just like out of. Oh, you you arranged the meeting? Yeah, oh, I okay. just went to. Can I meet? Maybe was, that would help. It wasn't like just hanging around. Oh, didn't at all. <laughs> didn't he, got, he got to know you went, nah, fuck him. We had did, a cup did, of tea. You finished you put, it. Did you put on this media voice that you're putting on now? Because normally you don't speak like this. This is like your posh voice. Nah, is that right? Should he be in Wigan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm living in Wigan again, by the way. Are you? Yeah, beautiful. It's no beautiful. chance you're in Wigan. I am. What do they think to these new teeth that you've got <laughs> in Wigan? What are they, what are they thinking to that? <laughs> I just ignore people who hope they, hope they won't speak to me. Just don't smile. <laughs> How, how did the conversation go with Eddie when you went and met him? Like, what, what did you actually talk about? It was me, really, that organised it. So I just wanted to ask him if what, whatever I was doing or what I needed to do. And I just wanted to come and meet, meet him and say, look, we've met, this is who I am, and have a chat about the kind of person I am and what I want out of and what I, what I want to do in rugby and stuff. And just a bit of an icebreak, if you know what I mean. Otherwise, I'd never been into the camp, so I'd never had the chance to meet him. Uh, and that makes you a different person, so... I, yeah, I just wanted to kind of break the ice with him and go and meet. But yeah, it, it didn't work. <laughs> so, so with that, Ashley, so we're obviously talking about Cipriani and there's rumours around that maybe it's his personality. So like you said, you were playing at Saris, you were getting some quality ball from the, the scrum and line out, um, which put you on the front foot. Because Jim was on the bench, so... I think he was, yeah. He was so good for three minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it had nothing to do with your playing ability. So clearly he thought there was a, a, a personality flaw in you if you feel that you've had to go and speak to him and say look mate I'm actually a decent lad well, that's a lie uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah which you would have been lying about um, <laughs> similar to you know the rumours of Cipriani I know you don't yeah, need to yeah. answer that but is that how you felt it was it had nothing to do with your rugby potentially he thought you were um, socially well, awkward it was just me kind of covering every option <laughs> it's like the only one I had left I was like I just have to maybe if I go out my way and, and do this it might have an impact somewhere else but it didn't but with when I did finally go into camp uh, in the summer, just gone, I, I've got on with him re- really well. No doubt, when it's 25 grand a game. 25,000 well, Even in the, in the camp, as soon as we'd uh, spent time together, he comes in, he jokes with the lads, he's really relaxed around the lads and tries to hammer the young lads and I just get involved with him. I'm, I'm in the young lads. <laughs> he's right-hand man. 
I think he likes it that way. <laughs> That's why he like has to as well. It's just someone he goes there and have a joke with, and so yeah, we got on really well. And then, so obviously after that game, just give us the the t- kind of timeline because you were still out too long, weren't you? You were still, you know, yeah, you yeah. another another year on your contract. Yeah. And obviously, as we know, you're a northern lad. Sale came into the picture. You end up at Sale. How quickly did it transpire after the game that actually I ain't going back to Toulon? Uh, pretty quickly. It was literally after the game. You're like, I'm not, have you I'm then not fa- fucking going back. Have you then phoned Dimes and gone, Dimes, come on, mate, I want to come back to home. You, week, you didn't half, even half, Saris, did you? Half a minute. a week later. Half a minute. No, nah, Saris, have, ugh, they were all full up. It was never really, just because I'd left so quickly, it was never really something that was on the cards. It was Saracens. It was uh, only ever really sale. But it was literally after the game, I swear, I went to see my wife upstairs and I was like, we need to get back. And why? If, why? Why do you think that's right? We need to get back to Wigan. <laughs> Uh, what was it? I think it was being in Twickenham again, playing in that environment, and just having such a memorable day there. I was like, I, I can, I thought it was over for me, and playing in that game, it was like it's not. I want to go and go and do it again. It was still bothering me that it had ended on the way it had with Stuart or whatever. It, it didn't really end well in in my book, and then I had bands and stuff. So it's still something that I wanted to do. And my missus and that knew that. And as soon as I came up after the game, I said we need to get back. What happened with Stuart that like? I don't know. I think it, that was another bit of a. It was a bit too school teacherish for me. He didn't like you abusing the young lads. <laughs> I don't know what it or was. Or the chef, or the cleaners. I don't know what it was. Or anyone. <laughs> I don't know. I, I think he just lost. Because from the start, I was in there quite a lot with him, and he just lost confidence with it. And I don't know. I don't know what I had to do to, to get a game off him, but I just couldn't change his mindset of me. And Did you feel like you were playing well at the time and it was a personality thing or was it a form thing? I think some of the time during Stuart, uh, Stuart's reign, I definitely should not have been playing. I wasn't in a good place. Although at the time, when you're in it, you're like, no, I c- I need to, you need to keep playing, keep playing. But now, looking back, phew, I was all over the place with it. I was getting a lot of stick in the media and I was at an age where you... you read it or it influences you a little bit and and I wasn't happy and I I still see it now a little bit as I associate Penny Hill worthy train with that time a little bit I think it was more looking back now I was borderline depression the way I felt during that Six Nations uh, when Stuart was in I, I definitely shouldn't have been playing I just wasn't playing well I didn't feel good and I think from around that time we lost the we lost the, we lost the Grand Slam at, uh, at Wales since then we didn't really Get I to I I did the 2015 World Cup, did the whole camp, and he sat down right at the end of the camp with me and said, "I've never seen anything like it with fitness." Good. But, well, that's what they <laughs> say to me as well. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, training-wise, I've never, I've never seen uh, anything like it. But I'm not going to pit you. And that was it. I wish I flipped his desk and walked out. This is like therapy for you, mate. This is like therapy. By the way, I'm all right, thanks, mate. Yeah, yeah, I'm great. Imagine if you fucking play for Scotland. Mate, it's therapy. Mate, you sweat, mate. When you come in here, mate, and you speak honestly and candidly. Could you imagine if you play for Scotland, Ashley? Yeah, I'd be on 150 caps. <laughs> yeah, only at about three grand a game, though, so it's not worth it. When uh, when Jim missed out on the Scotland squad. Um, he found it hard to watch Scotland and almost willed them to lose at once. No, no, it wasn't as simple as that. It, I didn't. You, you did say, I'm not playing for Scotland, I want them to lose. No, yeah. it wasn't a case of wanting them to lose. It was the case I've, I'd put everything into that team and the World Cup training camp that I was livid that I wasn't there, knowing full well I should have been there. And they were on the cusp of making a semi-final against Argentina, which they would have won, and I was desperate to be there and I wasn't. And there was a part of me 
that didn't want them to be there without me, selfishly. Horrible bloke. No, honest, it's honesty. Horrible. horrible. Yeah. It was honesty. And, I, and again, I got trolled to the cow sheds and back after that. People were pissed off with me saying that. But I can tell you now, that's how people feel. Mm. Like It is. I'd be lying. if they're, 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 Not all of them. You get some people who are your ultimate team men. I weren't. I wanted to play. It was as simple as that. Like I'm, do you know what I mean? I'm not. I'm not one of them. Oh, don't worry. I'll hold your bag. You know, like is everything right? You all prep for the weekend. I was no. I was raging. Maybe because I'm a dick. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I can associate with that. I think we're competitive people, and especially oh, 2015. What was four years ago now? So uh, I was still at an age where I would not do anything to let anyone in my position get one over on me or I'd even struggle to speak with people in my in the same position especially in camp position hatred yeah it was it's horrible yeah. isn't it I'm not like that now at all I, I, I embrace it but thankfully I'm on the other side of it but I it was I think it's jealousy more than a jealousy I'm quite a jealous person if you want to play and you want to be in those games and you especially in the World Cup at home like to be told you're not in that having done all that training yeah, it's tough to take, uh, but that is the sport, and I think by experiencing up and downs, it makes you a better person. Right, Ashley, that's deep. Let's yeah, talk yeah, a little apologies, bit about apologies. Yeah, no, it's all right, don't worry, mate. I said therapy, <laughs> this is therapy, mate. mate. <laughs> this is what we do. Uh, so, sale, so you're going to be off to Romania and Russia next year. How does that feel? No, no, no they're not. They've qualified. Oh, they've Come on, Jim. Absolute no. clown. <laughs> tell me how. Tell me how. Montpellier won in the last minute. Yeah. Um, right. But everyone thought that meant that they would qualify in the top six, and La Rochelle would. La Rochelle? I've qualified rightfully so in the top six. So there you sale, go. I've got the extra position in the well, championship next year. So Golden ticket, mate. You're in. Willy Wonka. Congratulations. Chill on, on in it, are they? Too long. I was going to say too on away, but they're not in it. Um, yeah, not. I was gutted as well last week when we played because we beat Gloucester and then uh, in the change rooms we found out there's a baffle like ten minutes behind us. Oh, found out that they scored in the last minute. Oh, I was gutted. But yeah, no Romania. Congratulations, no Romania. Congratulations, Thanks very much, then. mate. Looking forward to it. Um, let's talk about obviously sale. Jim mentioned uh, big strides being made, made there. Mm-hmm. Some massive signings for next year as well. Yeah. Um, they breaking All the salary, mates. Yeah, they breaking the salary cap or um, no? Nah. You, you, you've been bought a house in Wigan by the owner. Or? <laughs> well, that cost where, where, a teller. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Where was the house that Nigel Ray bought you? Did, were you involved in that scandal? Or? Um, mate, there's no scandal, mate. It was all legit. No comment. <laughs> <laughs> no comment. <laughs> um, well, let's I, I'm fucking guilty. That's all I'm saying, mate. <laughs> Did you get interviewed? Yeah. Yeah, nice. It's intense. Have yeah. you been interviewed? Or is, well, I'm guilty as charged. Was it about 20 grand over five years? Let's talk about the here and now. Then. Obviously, uh, end of the season, a couple of weeks ago for you, uh, Obviously, World Cup squad. When, when's he announcing it, Eddie? You're obviously in it, no doubt. No, I don't think I am. What do you mean you don't think you are? When, <laughs> when's he announcing it? Like, the training um, squad, you must be. You were involved yeah, in no, the Six Nations squad, you were involved in the yeah, autumn. I yeah, I, you're just playing that, that card well, now. But well, oh, he, mate, honest. you're not humble, mate. Why, why are you being all humble you're now? Honest, <laughs> mate, I think we've broken him down in there since he's been uh, in there. Uh, yeah. Do you know when he's announcing it? What's the? Have you got any holiday plans? Honestly, I've not had a word. Really? Yeah. So No news is good news. But you've not uh, booked a holiday, have you? It's not, because he was meeting other lads. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, Is maybe. that why you're down in London? You come to meet him as well, have you? Nah. He's, I, his just phone goes to divert every time I ring him. <laughs> Eddie. Uh, yeah, him maybe not be happening. Really? That's, that does surprise me. It's a big me, fall, that, from uh, starting 15 to 8 to 45. Yeah. <laughs> don't know how I've done it, but I think I have. Really? Yeah, I think so. I don't know. We'll have, see. You got, have you got any holidays planned? Has anyone said anything about... Yeah, yeah, going away. Next few weeks. So does that mean that when's the squad? Do you know? Is, no is he given idea. any details of any player? No, honestly, so what happens if he says, Ashley, we've, we've named you in the squad. You're training next week, and you're, and you're like, sorry, mate, I'm on holiday with the kids and the missus. Oh no! When I was in uh, for the Six Nations, he they just did. We did a quick meeting. I know long that whenever, whenever, whenever you were, you finish. You'll have off until then. 
Right. Okay. I think everyone's got like five weeks, so I know that much. Okay. But it's since it's... then, nada. Literally <laughs> since since I pulled my card again for the second time, that's it. And which game? That was the. That was. Oh, it's killed me. That was for, uh, the the fallow week. I don't train the fallow weeks. Walking. Over, walking. Walking. Hold on a minute. Hold on. A minute. <laughs> this is my sort of injury now. You've pulled your car walking. off walking. Walking. I didn't think it was possible. Where were you walking to? Across across the pitch. Yeah. Are you walking down to the dog or not when it was happening? No, he's, he's not long with us. That's why Angie, Angie doesn't do that job anymore. Apparently that was his job. <laughs> Quates, Quates, Quates did a bit of that as well, didn't he? Oh, Quates has tucked himself right in. Yeah, hasn't he? Yeah, um, oh, okay. Well, hopefully you get picked. If you don't. Fingers crossed. If you don't. Um, is there a gig, is there? And you don't think, mate, we can get you a gig, definitely, mate. Okay, um, Toilets need cleaning downstairs. So <laughs> I'm, your, I'm your boss now. So if, you, if you're not in and you're confident, tell us why Sips hasn't been picked then. What's your view on it? Um, I just think the other the other two, Owen and George, are just both very big drivers in the squad. They they have a big say what in training. They both they're like the two coaches really, just under the coaches. So I think for, oh, that is for Danny get to get, get in get under a coach to get picked. That's what I mean. <laughs> there's I think there's too much upheaval if they take one of those two out. They have in, a lot of say in what? In what sense? What? What? Those in terms, two of, in terms involvement, of the balance, uh, yeah, and, and dynamics. You can just stick Danny in the squad, though, can't you? And have three of them, surely. Definitely, I think he's outstanding. Been outstanding all year, but I just think the dynamics of that squad and what he's had together over the past few years, Danny doesn't fit in. Should we have a look at what rumours are floating around? Apart from Chris Ashton not making the World Cup squad, there ain't a lot. But Mar Nonu maybe going back to Toulon. No chance. How good was he to play with? What a player! Uh, Genuinely, beast. yeah. Oh, is he just, yeah, all right. When he, when he, when he... When he wanted it. Oh, yeah. When he was out of contract. <laughs> when he wanted it, I've never seen anything like it. Really? He can do anything he wants. If it he, wasn't like a rugby player mould, that would be him. I used to stay record. behind and do speed with him, and he was, he's lightning speed? fast. He's 36. Oh, oh, speed training. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay, sorry. Yeah. Thought... What did you used to do with speed? I thought you were talking about some other form of speed that you're on about. <laughs> <laughs> you should stay behind and do a bit of speed and watch him, watch him go. Um, I don't know, Murad absolutely loves him. Sonotti, Sonotti. Of course, he's leaving. Is he? New- well, I've heard he's leaving Newcastle to go to Leicester or Quinns. I've heard he's staying, actually. I thought we got rid of him for a year. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> he's got ridiculous. Do you remember work. me tackling him last year? No, oh, when? No, okay. <laughs> Up at Newcastle. He ran, he literally beeline for me and yeah. I tackled him. He went Mate, straight through and scored on no, the post. No, if, it won't, if no. You shout, <laughs> neutral, <laughs> neutral collision. If you shout touch, it doesn't count as a tackle, do you? Mate, genuinely, I tackled him. <laughs> yeah, of course you do. Uh, there's not a lot else out there, actually, is there? Jake White to the Cheaters as head coach. Um, it's all about, I think everything's done now. Yeah, isn't it? I mean, Mark Wilson's the one. I want to see where he's going. Surely that's going to come is out soon. Is he going soon. to sale? I've heard about sale. Maybe Mark Wilson. Uh, I think they'd like to get him. That's a guess, then. she says that's confirmed. There's about six eights next year, so I don't know what's going to happen. A few Saffers coming in as well, eh? Yeah. Hey, mate, talking of Saffers and eights, how big's Josh Strauss's bush? Have you ever seen anything like it in your life? Don't really show with him. As it's a rumour, Bill, a rumour of the sale, boys. Who's who's got the biggest bush? Apart from Strauss, the Saffers love a bush, don't they? Mm. You must be horrified. Ashley hasn't got Ashley hasn't got a hair in sight, mate. I need to know who's tooled up in up in the northwest. Do do you know Warner? You would never expect Sam James. Impressive bit. I like him. He's a hell of a player. I love him even more now. Big unit, isn't he? (laughs) (laughs) You stop looking at me, Jim. (laughs) Sorry, I'm feeling funny.
The good, the bad and the ugly is brought to you this week by Budgie Smuggler UK. Goody, you're off on summer holiday soon, aren't you? Are you packing your smugglers? I'll, I'll, have, I'll have one for each day of the week. Please don't. We're all set for summer of smuggling, uh, so just head to budgiesmugglerukcom to get your smugglers sorted for summer. And if you enter the code RUGBYPOD at the checkout, you get free shipping as well. We'll start off in France, and it hurts me to say this, but Martin Bustos Moyano uh, kicked a penalty with the clock in the red for Bayonne to beat Breve and win promotion for the top 14. But Breve do have another chance. They go and play Grenoble this weekend. Uh, the winners of that go into the top 14, or if Grenoble win, they stay in the top 14. Is that what happens in that? I had no idea. Yeah, it's crazy. League. Crazy league, isn't it? The yeah. French league. Mad league. Um, so Bayonne, they're back in the big time. Uh, and back in the top 14. So hell of a nudge, hell of a set of cojones to slot it to win the game. Did you kick that? Uh, I'd have missed it. Hundred percent. I'd have missed it. <laughs> what now? Yeah, and, and and in my prime, I'd have missed made that. It to the ball. I'd have choked. Um, what else was good? Ireland sevens. They beat England at Twickenham. That's some rise through the ranks for Ireland. Obviously, they've qualified for the World Series next season as well. Um, Fiji sevens winning the title again in London. Uh, what else was good about Fiji was they celebrated their victory with the biggest order of KFC you've ever seen being wheeled into the hotel. Uh, and I was just trying to get an invite, but I didn't get one. Um, but they polished off the KFC. Um, Nip Tompkins, that was pretty special, the way he came off the bench. Uh, and he's only the second player to score a hat-trick in the Premiership semi-final after Matt Banahan did it for Bath in 2015. Uh, that was pretty good. Uh, Exeter's performance, as ever, uh, I thought was outstanding. Matt Kvesic played really well in the back row. But the good this week has to go to Leinster, bouncing back from their Champions Cup final disappointment to become back-to-back Pro 14 champions. Only the second time that's ever been achieved, both Leinster uh, and a record crowd of 47,128 in the Guinness Pro 14 final as well at Celtic Park. And even Big Jim was there. So the good this week goes to Leinster. Uh, the bad, a couple of bits of bad for me really this week. Cast uh, losing 25-16 at home to Toulon. Toulon, one of the worst teams in the top 14 this year, uh, especially away from home. But that meant they fell out of the top six uh, and miss out on the Champions Cup next season after being champions last year. What else is pretty bad? I'm going to go Nigel Owens and his decision in the incident involving Stuart Hogg and Rob Carney in the Guinness Pro 14 final. Should have been a red for me. Ashley, you were a back three player. Did you see it? Yeah, should have been a red too. There we go. Um, that was pretty bad from Nigel. Uh, but the bad this week... Has to go, unfortunately, to Shawnee O'Brien, uh, friend of the show, being ruled out of the World Cup with a hip injury. He's having a big operation, so we wish him all the best in his recovery. Yeah, that and doesn't a, look good, does it? No, and all London Irish fans will be hoping he gets fit for next season. Um, the ugly, there's a few bits of ugly this weekend, actually. Uh, we'll start off in New Zealand, Andy Rowe, where a player's been banned for four years after the first ever recorded case of strangulation on a rugby field, um, according to the disciplinary committee over there. I have to put that on the list. <laughs> You'll love this. <laughs> Not done that one, <laughs> The victim claimed he was punched in the private parts and then in the face, as well as being grabbed around the throat and strangled. I so mean, basically, he's been banned for four years for trying to kill someone. Exactly. Ash, are you going to have a go at that then? Someone did that to me once at a festival. <laughs> <laughs> a music oh. festival. Yeah. Punch me in the balls, punch me in the face. that? <laughs> What else is ugly? Uh, Phil Cairns calling for the Jaguars or the Haguares uh, to be removed from Super Rugby after they beat the Waratahs away from home because they're an international side. Just sour grapes from Phil. Um, but the ugly this week is going to go to Sia Ossi Ossa Falau. Anyone know who he is? No. Ashi? Not a clue. Well, he plays sevens for Samoa. Well, how would I know who he is then? Well, mate, he's a sevens <laughs> international. Uh, anyway, he's taken... This might be one for Ashi. Uh, he's taken the biggest bite out of James Rodwell's arm. No, I've done it. I didn't do it. 
You didn't. I got it. done for it. Oh, yeah. oh you got done. Oh, here he is. He's taken the biggest bite out of James Rodwell's arm. Uh, I've seen the video. It's pretty horrific. He's only been banned for eleven weeks. And Ashley, how long did you get for your bite or bite not bite? Balls. Did you bite? Oh, bite was thirteen. Thirteen weeks. You're horrible, bloke. Well, why are you biting people? Uh, why are you biting people, Ashley? It's just ridiculous. Is that when you had your horrible teeth or these new teeth? <laughs> <laughs> so the ugly this week. Goes to Sia Ossi Asso Falau. Well, he's got Falau in his name, so that's that's. And he's got Ass as well. Um, Maybe does. You can't bite on a rugby field, can you, Chris Ashton? No, (laughs) no, you can't. Thanks, Goody. Thanks, Jim. Thanks, Ashley, for coming in. Uh, Thank you also for listening. And don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Thank you. (laughs) Thank <laughs> <laughs> you.